Hello and welcome to K-Botak, a short podcast about Korean cinema and K-dramas with me, John. And this is the K-Drama Catch-Up, number two. I'll be giving my thoughts and impressions on some of the TV series currently airing and also older stuff I'm catching up on during these episodes. For this one, however, we're going to be talking about two series from 2021, one of which has just finished airing and the other is still on. Uh, This is The Veil, which finished airing in October, and Chimera, which began airing three weeks ago and at the time of recording is uh, still on at the moment. So The Veil stars Nam Gong Min as Han Ji Hook. Uh, Nam Gong Min has piled on muscle weight for this role compared to his other roles in series like Awaken, which was a recent, uh, I think, a detective drama. He is gigantic. He's gone method for this uh, as the imposing uh, NIS, National Intelligence Service, super agent Han Ji Hook. Kim Ji Yoon plays Ye Ji, who is a sort of sidekick. Park Ha-sun is Soyeon, who is his former field partner, and Yong Nam Jang, who is uh, familiar to watchers of quite a lot of K-dramas, including My Country, um, as well as films such as Memories of the Sword, uh, is the director at the NIS, Do Jin Suk. This is an espionage thriller. It has a cinematic presentation. It looks absolutely spectacular. It is uh, indistinguishable from a high-quality Korean action movie, especially in the first episodes. There's a lot of money on screen. It costs uh, a lot of money to make. And uh, as you're settling down watching the first couple of episodes of this, uh, like I say, it is just having that cinematic experience. Uh, there's also a lot happening. There's there's no uh, pennies being saved, uh, keeping to a short number of sets or uh, locations. You're very quickly going from place to place, and uh, there's a lot happening on screen. It's very exciting stuff. You basically have a top NIS agent, Hanji Hook, who was on the verge of bringing down a criminal collective and then suddenly disappeared for one year and reappears with a one-year gap in his memories. Uh, This is what really pulled me into the show to begin with. It's quite an enticing hook um, that he has to reconstruct his memories of the past year. The first episode I think is amazing. The very first thing you see in this series is a body with the eyes carved out dropped into the water. You're seeing it from a a subaquatic perspective and then you're introduced to this grisly organ harvesting operation that's happening on a boat Um, and this is when one of the captives breaks loose and you get uh, basically a a bloodbath on the boat. He takes these sickos out. There's a team that arrive uh, to, uh, I don't know what, what they're turning up to do to extract him or to crack down on this operation and they just find the aftermath of this carnage it's kind of like a horror movie Um, they're moving through and uh, seeing that people are being snatched from corridors and uh, it's a hell of an introduction to a character and this is when you're introduced to Hanji Hook in his full sort of man beast form 
I think of it. Uh, sadly, Man Beast Hanji isn't in it very much, um, but uh, when you see him here, he's uh, got his uh, top off, he's got this gigantic beard and this hair uh, all down him, he's got these wild eyes, he's completely um, in caveman mode at this point. Um, again, uh, what an introduction to a character. And then he's taken back and given a haircut and put in a suit. Um, but it's very memorable and uh, really quite a way to start a TV series off. So I was really on board for this. And then he begins trying to regain his memories and piece back together what has happened, why they're missing, who took him. Um, encounters with the various agency heads occur. So this is where you meet uh, uh, Dojin Suk, you meet Suyon, uh, you find out that there's a bit of a um, kind of antagonism between them. Um, and episode two then starts going into the backstory of what would ha what happened. It's largely set in China. Uh, again, there's loads of good action, um, firefights, uh, pretty good lift scene, uh, a la Captain America, um, good car chases, um, crowd scenes. There's just loads of good action on offer throughout these first two episodes. Um, and then episode three ends with one of the uh, coolest car chases I've seen. Not really a big car chase person, but uh, it's set to this really atmospheric song. Um, he's kind of uh, chasing after these uh, perpetrators or suspects. Um, it's, uh, it's really fantastic. So I think the style of the show is impeccable. Um, a lot of the time. So everything from Nam Gong Min in, in these amazing suits to the way it's presented and shot, uh, the action's all really slick, um, looks terrific. But I do have some negatives about this show, and there are some reasons uh, that I fell off uh, after about episode five and didn't come back until the last uh, episode was out and just kind of watched it to see what happened at the end. What gave me pause with this show in a big way was an interrogation in the early episodes where Hanji Hook gets hold of this guy who is a lead and gets into the interrogation room with him. You have to remember at this point, uh, Hanji Hook has a personal agenda. He wants to know why his memories have disappeared and he believes that uh, there is a traitor at the heart of the National Intelligence Service. So as they are continuing to try and weed out this criminal organization, uh, Ji-Hook is prosecuting this uh, personal vendetta. Uh, and he believes that this lead also has information that he needs. So he gets into this interrogation room, he goes berserker on him um, and waterboards him as a form of torture to get information out of him. This guy is visibly terrified. It's not easy to watch. Part of that is because of the uh, power dynamics and power play uh, that is uh, on screen at the time. Like, we're not seeing um, a, a revenge movie where you have someone who has uh, lost someone who is close to them, usually, and then they go after the criminals uh, and uh, and take them out. And uh, there's I Saw the Devil, where it is a detective who kind of uh, goes off the... Um, the deep end and decides to chase the serial killer down but there are some really important differences in, in why I think this is uh, quite an unpleasant character that we end up with here so Ji-Hook he's got a personal vendetta he's using his status in the agency uh, to pursue 
uh, and prosecuted it. He uses his training and his lethality to carve a, a brutal path to the truth without really caring about collateral damage. To me, he is not a hero in this show. He's pretty terrifying. If men like Hanji Hook are out there, and we have to assume they are because these agencies are hiring the uh, brightest, most accomplished, most uh, physically imposing uh, individuals to do their work for them, uh, then that's a very scary idea and not something that I uh, really want to be watching and rooting for. This is a, a ruthlessly violent law enforcement employee who will snap your neck if you're standing in the wrong place. There's a drug den episode uh, where they are chasing down one of the kind of mid-level guys in, in this uh, criminal organization that has uh, you know somehow managed to infiltrate the NIS. Uh, he gets in there. Uh, there's some pretty good uh, MacGyver-like sequences where he's tied up and uh, he has to escape. And there's a there's a bit of a, a showdown, but eventually uh, he gets loose. He murders everyone standing. And even the way it's shot when Yeji comes up to the room, it looks like a slasher film. Um, it looks like he is the uh, kind of the the serial killer, and someone's coming up to the scene after him. Except he's meant to be the hero. Um, and in addition to this. The NIS know how dangerous he is and encourage it and use it. So in the drug den episode, he's actually been put on leave so that he can wreak havoc without it coming back to them. Dojin Sop uses him as a weapon. She basically says, uh, he's going to do this uh, whether or not we try to stop him. I'm putting him on leave. You do what you want. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And she unleashes this... Uh, uh, this incredibly dangerous, incredibly violent individual um, onto the world. Now, again, the people he's going after are criminals. Um, we're not saying that people who are cooking up uh, drugs in hotel rooms and uh, meth and all the rest of it uh, should necessarily be considered out of the reach of, of the law at all. But this is, a, uh, this is an intelligence agent and uh, there's been no due process for these people. They are just executed. He's judge, jury, and executioner. That's not the way it works. Uh, these these people have also uh, at some point fallen to the, the bottom of uh, the, the bottom of society or to a place where they end up in this situation. The show even takes care to, to demonstrate that some of them are old or frail. Um, so it is uh, it's quite unpleasant to watch. This man and this agency aren't heroic to me. They're to be fe feared. Um, and uh, the problem for me is that the show isn't interested in exploring that. Uh, I was thinking, okay, surely we're watching this and it, there's going to be some kind of a switch. He's going to end up outside of the agency, fighting against them. Uh, we've seen it, you know countless times where the conspiracy goes all the way to the top and suddenly the director and everyone else they're the villains and he's got to fight his way back in there's nothing like that um episode five is where i fell off there's a, a hacker who's this young lad trying to get revenge for his father um who i think was uh, was killed by the nis and he's presented as the threat um and hanji hook is saying to him oh this organization organization isn't your enemy um this is madness to me um that uh, this is the line that the show's taking if this was an episode of taxi driver um then kim doki would be the one infiltrating on behalf of this kid and uh, taking down the nis um 
because uh, the, this is a as the way it's presented to me a villainous organization i did come back i watched the finale in the time that you know i could have been catching up with dr brain but i thought uh, i'd just find out what happened again great action superb espionage um, there's a bank heist at the heart of it which is always good that's a, a great hook for a final episode there's these lovely rooftop scenes where you can see the the city stretching out to all sides as these confrontations are taking place so everything to do with the the way this is shot and the cinematography and kind of the the framing of uh, all the action uh, really top marks um but the the ultimate baddie who's uh, revealed to be this this person Bek Massar has basically set it up uh, like in the dark night where he's going to kill a group of hostages um he's got 33 people locked up in a room or he's going to set off uh, an EMP bomb that will destroy the data of uh, one of the biggest banks in South Korea. Um, and he's going to try and tank half the economy in this way. Um, and so basically his notion is, and they're kind of uh, playing around with the ideas that I wanted them to. He's saying, will you actually save people or are you only interested in your paymasters and the people who run society? Um, disappointingly, uh, Doge and Sok decides to protect the bank. She tries to justify it by counting lives, um, but it's still showing them as the as the hero. They end up the hostages don't die in the end because Yeji manages to get in there, and uh, Bekmasa is her father, by the way. Um, so in the end, they uh, they sort it out. But the attitude of the agency is that they they're going to uh, protect the bank and protect their data, even though there's internal conflict over it. Um, so yeah, I uh, I didn't like a, a lot of things about this show. Ultimately, uh, portraying this kind of brutality and callousness by an intelligence agency and then presenting them as heroic is not in tune with a lot of media at the moment, uh, including from Korea. And there's a very good reason for that, because this does happen and ordinary people suffer because of it. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I, I dislike that quite strongly. And uh, if you don't need to root for the hero you just want to see some really slick fights then you can check it out um but yeah take note that hanji hook and by the way this is different to nam gong min who did a brilliant job uh great actor uh nam gong min and hanji hook are not the same uh person uh, hanji hook is a character who's been created by the writers of this show uh, he is no hero uh, and should not be regarded as one so uh for that reason Serious caveats with uh, the veil, even though it looks really cool and there's a lot of good action. Next up, I uh, wanted to talk about Chimera. This is airing at the moment. We are six episodes in, so we're halfway. It's a 12 episode. This is a detective story. You've got uh, Park Hae Su, uh, seen around the world in Squid Game, as Cha Che Hwan, who is uh, the main detective. Uh, you've got the very famous Claudia Kim, known from things like The Avengers, as Eugene Hathaway, uh, who is an American FBI profiler who has uh, been sent to work in Seoul. And you've got Lee Hee-jun as Lee Jong-yop, who, uh, well, we'll get to that, but is initially a suspect. So this is a crime mystery about a serial killer who expresses themselves mainly by blowing people up. The original title for this was Chemistry, and the killer is using unique compounds of liquids, 
oxygen and even water to create these lethally explosive mixes. You see in the first couple of episodes, uh, there's a couple of car scenes um, where people get back to their car. It's been filled with uh, something, uh, some kind of uh, compound. They find this lighter with a chimera on it and uh, I guess out of curiosity they light it up and uh, the car goes up in this huge explosion. As uh, Cha Jae-hwan and uh, uh, Eugene Hathaway are searching for the killer in 2019 Seoul, we learn about a parallel case in 1984, uh, and these are the titular Chimera murders. Uh, there's a lot of similarities. They both used the same methods and uh, the use of Chimera imagery. So, for example, graffiti in nearby buildings are Chimera uh, by the way, if if you have no familiarity with this mythical creature, has the head of a lion, uh, has a goat's head on top of it, and uh, a snake's head for a tail. Um, it's a fairly well-known image, I think. So you see images of this, and also, of course, there's the lighter that is left at the crime scenes. As the show opens, we're introduced to Detective Cha and uh, his team, and uh, the people at the uh, police station are uh, being given a demonstration of a car bomb by Eugene Hathaway. She's presented as kind of this expert from overseas. Um, she has been on a lot of different cases. Uh, she knows the score and eventually gets partnered up with uh, Detective Cha because she uh, has the, the knowledge of not only explosives but is a, a genius profiler as well. The symbology of the Chimera uh, is really interesting with how it plays with the characters in this show, at, at least from what I've seen so far. So the idea behind the chimera, uh, metaphorically, is that there's different elements to one one being, which is obviously like chemistry, um, because there's all sorts of gases, um, chemicals being mixed together to create these explosives. But also two of the three main characters you get in this are diaspora Koreans. So Eugene is American, Jong-yob is British, and in between the sleuthing there's these scenes where they're talking about their upbringing, their relationship to their parents. There's a fairly well-observed scene between Cha Jae-hwan and uh, Eugene Hathaway where they're uh, walking along together and uh, he says, uh, you're... English is uh, is uh, really good, but your Korean's really good as well. Um, I guess you had uh, an American parent and a Korean parent or something like that, and she said, what well, both my parents were American, because she's kind of uh, uh, probably getting a, a lot of these uh, assumptions that maybe she uh, is from a, a mixed background or that she moved over to America or that she's been to an international school or something like that. And so I think that... Um, Claudia Kim obviously had uh, quite an international upbringing, um, lived in America at various points. She's obviously famous in the film industry there as well as in Korea. Um, so an ideal person to kind of show some of the you know, the frustrations that I think a lot of people uh, would, would face being asked very, very uninformed questions like this. Just not to uh, paint Detective Chai in a particularly negative light. He just stumbles onto this because... Yeah, people are curious, um, but sometimes don't think before they ask these things. Um, so I really like how it deals with these character elements. Um, so it eventually comes out um, 
and by the way, I'm just going to talk loosely about this up until about episode six. Um, if you like the the, the sound of the uh, of the concept so far, then give it a go um, and uh, stop listening now. But um, you know, I think uh, we haven't really had any huge uh, revelations. It's just been building the mystery very nicely up to this point. But basically, it comes out that Eugene and Jung are both adopted, and their parents are likely no longer around. Uh, which we know because of the rules of the adoption agency that is able to uh, get um, orphans uh, adopted by families in in other countries, um, particularly back in the 80s, um, because uh, uh, Eugene is looking into the the history uh, of Jong-Nob because he's a suspect. Um, So I feel like perhaps there's a theme here of how they're different identities are interwoven into one kind of big chemistry of an experience. There's a lot with uh, Eugene where she's uh, talking in Korean uh, as she kind of deals with the the police in Seoul where she's based and then she's in English talking to colleagues in the States. Um, She's uh, kind of able to do both. She's uh, getting to know the daily life in Korea um, while uh, herself being an American. Um, So yeah, very nicely done. And uh, I think that on top of the already very solid detective mystery um, that you have, this this theme of of identity uh, is quite interesting as well. Just as a disclaimer, this is something I obviously know know nothing about. I am you know, I'm uh, a, a white person, and I I live in Singapore, uh, so I know about moving around the world. I've uh, moved around a lot. I think for a, an in-depth uh, analysis of a show like this, you should be talking to someone who is uh, from a Korean or perhaps um, an East Asian uh, diaspora community uh, in, in the West or another part of the world. I think those are the people who would be able to draw a lot out of this and, and really comment. Uh, maybe there's a, a lot more to it. Um, I'm uh, simply saying that I think there are some interesting themes here uh, that have given me something to think about. So I think someone who has that lived experience would probably um, uh, will probably take even more away from it. Uh, you've got Jaehwan, uh, meanwhile, I think is a decent main character. He's very committed, he's very determined, he's constantly putting himself in harm's way and usually ends up in hospital as a result. It's quite realistic in that way. Um, it might be a running joke that he's always um, coming a cropper and he ends up on, on a ward, um, but basically he's not a superhuman or a, a John Woo character like Han Ji-hook. He's, uh, he's just a regular detective um, up against uh, a fairly well-armed serial killer. Um, yeah, as I've mentioned, uh, Eugene Hathaway, really well played by Claudia Kim, shows all aspects of the character. Uh, another uh, thing about her is uh, because the character is so knowledgeable and so senior compared to everyone else, it would be quite easy for her to be too self-serious and a bit unlikable, but I think there's a good dynamic with the others. Um, she uh, she shows that the, the, you know, the way that uh, Eugene is getting into the local way the law enforcement and investigations work, um, or probably my favourite character in the show. Um, you've also got Lee Hee Joon uh, putting putting in a really terrific performance. I haven't seen him in a lot of other stuff, but I know he's been in other dramas. Uh, he uh, cuts a really striking figure. He's got these amazing sort of classical uh, film star good looks 
you know, you could just put him straight in an old black and white uh, movie like a, a Casablanca and, and he'd fit right in. He's He's got the most fantastic profile. So um, really good pick for this mysterious figure of Jong-yob. Um, and there's a good switcheroo um, partway through how he starts as the prime suspect, but you eventually start to follow his story more and um, you get into his background. Um, so... Uh, on that, actually, uh, on that topic, um, compared to the veil, which we've just spoken about, obviously, I like how here it's shown that the conspiracy, again, it's going right to the top of the police agency. So you start off with the police interrogating Jong Yob. As a matter of fact, the police chief might be in on this. Um, the, back when they were detectives in the 80s, uh, they've done something that they, that they shouldn't. They killed someone that they shouldn't have. And um, so this show is interrogating cover-ups and abuse of authority in a way that the veil is not prepared to do. So for me, this was really welcome. Um, but in general, uh, a story like this, one central um, mystery, uh, it stays pretty tight. It could get into wheel-spinning territory, uh, but it's only 12 episodes. It's not your 16 episodes. Um, it doesn't seem to have any time-waster subplots. Um and everything is uh, coming back to the central mystery, basically. So yeah, if you like the idea of a good old school detective novel type story, you want more of Park Hae-soo after Squid Game, definitely check this out. I think it's really well acted, it's well written, and week on week, it's extremely enjoyable. So that's The Veil and Chimera, uh, covered on the K-drama Catch-Up uh, by K Botak. I would love to know what you think of either of these shows. Um, are you following Chimera? What did you think of The Veil? Um, were you were you disappointed? Did you actually like it? Come and uh, come and have a chat. You can follow the show on at K Botak Pod. That's at K B O T A K P O D on Twitter and Instagram. Retweets and shares and so on are much appreciated. And uh, if you want to come and talk to me there, I very much enjoy chatting to people on that channel. Um, best of all, if you like the show. Please subscribe and leave a review. I would appreciate it massively. Um, and thanks for listening. Cheers.